Hello. It is. What's going on? What's going on? My guy. What up, man? Well, welcome, everybody. It's time to cash in with another Billionaire Lessons. And today is a very, very special episode featuring my man, Kenny Brown. What's going on, bro? My guy. How's it going, bro? I'm excited to be on with you. Yeah, man. So I brought Kenny on because uh, I knew Kenny for about, what, year and a half, two years now. Um, and this is somebody I just admire from afar when it comes to just inspiration, motivation, um, and just making lifestyle changes, you know? So, bro, on Kenny today, he also has a podcast. I'm letting him introduce himself, and we're about to get it popping. My man, I appreciate the introduction, man. I definitely salute what you do. So, while you're admiring me, I'm definitely admiring you. But my podcast, man, it's all about Super Bowl goals, Super Bowl goals. Um, like Kamani said, my name is Kenny Brown. I'm currently a graduate student at FIU in Miami, Florida. Um, what else? Uh, you know, Super Bowl goes the podcast. Just I created it to create a conversation and get people to think, to mm-hmm. think about themselves, to think about life, to think about their reason and their why for doing the things that they do. Um, and creating my podcast, I started to think what would actually make people want to listen and continue to listen. And I basically learned, man, to scratch my own itch with it. So um, I, I speak about things I wish I would have knew prior to, like, making a big lifestyle change, as you mentioned, or things I wish I would have realized along the way and things I did realize along the way so that uh, I can progress on forward. So that's what Super Bowl goes is. Like, the first episode, we spoke about embracing your own flaws. Mm-hmm. Second episode, uh, well, the second, that's the first week. The Super Bowl goes is broken down five-minute segments consisting of three to five episodes per week. So this, that's the first week, embracing your own flaws. And the second week, which is this week, we're speaking about believing in yourself and the lack thereof. Mm. So, yeah, that's, you know, that's basically what it is right now. Okay, so let's dive in a little bit to embracing your flaws. What does that mean? Embracing your flaws, man. Um, you know, you grew up in Brooklyn. Right. You know some of the disadvantages you faced growing up. You went to college. Um, let's say when you were, say you running for your SGA vice president, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you didn't speak as good in front of a crowd, in front of crowds prior to running. That's something you knew you would have had to do while being vice president, while running for vice president. So you have to realize that in order to be the best version of yourself when you became vice president. So embracing your own flaws. For me, a little background for those of you who don't know, in the span of six months, I lost 120 pounds. I went from 340 pounds to 220 pounds. So um, a part of me... I guess transitioning my lifestyle over was realizing the fact that I was big and clothes didn't fit me the same. I didn't move the same. I didn't even feel like the same guy all the way. And I had to like realize that and understand that and come to grips with myself that this is a flaw of mine that I want to change. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, what's a, you have had a flaw that you had to embrace that you probably never even told anybody about? Shoot. Uh, I would say, I think I had some selfish ways, man. I think um, growing up, a lot of times I wanted things my way. If it didn't go my way, I put myself in a certain box. Um, I think when I got into college, you know, playing sports, especially being a part of my fraternity, I started to understand that life is bigger than you. You know, um, it's a lot of people that are, are in need. It's a lot of things that we need to do as people to serve others. And I started to lose my selfishness, you know. Um, and that's when I became a servant leader and understanding that, there's people out there that need to hear your story and need your help. So I remember doing a program um, in undergrad. It was like real talk for real men. And that was me 
embracing and talking to these young guys that look just like me, that talk, walk the same walk as me. You get what I'm saying? And I started connecting with them, and I started to understand, like, being a selfless leader is, be- is better than being somebody that's selfish and you're going to be on your own. So that was, like, my process to basically get me where I'm at today and understand, like, I can't be selfish all my life. You know, I got to start serving and helping other people out. Real talk, bro. Yeah, man. Um, so week two, week two, uh, talk about that a little bit more. So week two, this week, we're uh, pretty much, we dove into the fact that we don't believe in ourselves. Um, I kind of mentioned that to people because I wanted to spark that conversation. I sometimes think we create a, a sense of false confidence within ourselves, even for the most confident people. I think sometimes we create a bit of false confidence for like, you know, societal standards. Mm-hmm. Um, I know going into situations, bro, we don't believe in ourselves and sometimes they hold us back. Like even... If we're talking about me creating Super Bowl goals, the podcast, as I mentioned uh, on like the podcast on Monday or Tuesday, that I told a mentor of mine that I was going, that I wanted to create a podcast. And I told him this like four months ago. And I think the fear of me, like, you know, not trusting my fan base, maybe not trusting my message, not trusting my own thoughts. You know, I was just, you know, I had a lot of self doubt. You know, I probably even thought nobody was even going to listen. So me not believing in myself originally, like, held it back. Mm. Um, that and, um, you know, it's particular times where I'm pretty much confident going into a lot of situations, like eight times out of ten. But it's sometimes like I don't be believing in myself. And I know everybody can relate to that. Right. At certain points in time. Um, yeah. Like you, you had any chance, any times recently where you didn't believe in yourself? Man, uh, I would say self-doubt is real, um, especially when I was going for like jobs and positions and everything. Mm-hmm. And. My mom would tell me, you know, she said, um, pray more, worry less. So that took me to understand that when you have Christ and when you have faith and everything, like, stop worrying and stop having that self-doubt. Be confident, especially when you prepare. She was like, you got to understand how you built. I didn't raise you to be a punk. I didn't raise you not to really believe in yourself and walk around with your head high with confidence. And I started to really understand, like, I, whatever room I walk in, walk in like the king I am, you know, ready to sit on my throne. So having that mentality and mindset, wherever I go, bro, I don't even get scared no more. Like I used to go, I'll never forget, I know every kid in church went through this. We had to like uh, say the welcome address or a statement of faith at church. And I used to be nervous, bubble guts, everything. Uh, yeah. And my mom was like, yo, embrace that you're a king and come with it every time. And Ever since then, man, I'll say that in my mind, say that in my mind, I'm a king and come with it every time. And now that's kind of like the whole attitude I bring when it comes to life. And um, when it came to like starting Billionaire Lessons, I just had the confidence, you know, whoever supports me, supports me as long as I'm really impacting one. That's what matters, you know. And it's funny you mentioned that, bro. Um, So in, in, in the podcast, it's days like, so I, you know, Super Bowl goes to podcast, so I, I frame it. You play college football. Right. So you kind of know how uh, an athletic week breaks down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you got your game day, you got your film. So you start off with your film session. You know, you go have your fourth full pad practice. You have a walkthrough and you have game day. So that's what Super Bowl goes is about, basically. Like, that's how it breaks stuff down. So in my first full pad practice day, I talked about, like, reaffirming yourself. And um, I mentioned to people how, like, you know, I wake up in the morning, I look in the mirror, and I literally say, you're the baddest motherfucker that's about to walk through the city today. Mm-hmm. Like, and I repeat that like three times. And I think we all have to have whatever our gimmick is, whatever our like startup or get up is to get us through our day. And just to like let ourselves know in this world full of toxic energy, 
poisonous, you know, poisonous air that we have to continue to believe in ourselves and focus in and lock in and get out, you know, to ultimately achieve our goals. So I do say that every morning. And then sometimes, as of recently, I've adopted this uh, before I go into some big, I say a Nina Simone quote of having no fear. I'm like, no, have, you know, no fear. Have no fear. Let's go. And then I just get right in the go mood. So it's funny you say that. That's dope, bro. That's dope. So I want to ask you a little bit more about this weight loss story because I'm going to tell people the background. So when I met Kenny, it was, what, D.C. Um, a couple years back. It was me, Kenny, and Fran. And Kenny was, you know, a bigger dude, like football player size and everything. And then I, when I seen you, I think right right after I graduated, we was at Cheddar's, seen Kenny again. Legit, this is two months later. I look on Instagram, Kenny, 50 pounds at least lighter. I'm like, hold on. <laughs> like, how that happened so fast? So, fast. Uh, like, what was that day one starting off? Like, how did you make that lifestyle change and kind of walk us through that process for you? To paint a picture in your head, bro, um, Weight loss is something I wanted to do for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was big from football, but my last year, kind of like you, my last year I didn't play football because, you know, I was like, no, I'm not going to the league. I want to get into more so like the the, 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 the public servant sector. So, you know, I'm going to go full-fledged with this SGA business. Right. So little did I know, as you can attest to, SGA, they give you a lot of free food. <laughs> <laughs> you were always at events and you were able to eat. So, you know, I gained a lot of weight while being at SGA because I didn't work out as much as I did when I played football. Mm-hmm. So that, like, that shot my dreams away of losing weight when I played that, when I, uh, when I was SGA. So then moving along forward, I got a good friend of mine. You know, he, you know, he, went, he became like a vegetarian, vegan, that whole thing. And, you know, I thought, it was like, okay. Um, and I'm never doing that way, but he always tried to get me on it. And he became real health conscious. And, you know, I always told him, like, next week, next week. But, man, it got to a point of time, I think I, I went to put some jeans on and trying them on. I was at Saks and, you know, trying some jeans on. I couldn't fit nothing, like, couldn't fit shirts. I couldn't fit nothing, like, really. So I kind of, like, went home that day and realized, like, you know, it's go time. So I called that good friend. You know, he shot me a a, a meal plan, so to speak, uh, things I should eat and things I should cut off, you know, and, like, section it off month by month. And, bro, like, I didn't look back. Um, I told him, I, I, we spoke on, what, January 29th. And I told him I was going to start February 1st. And I started February 1st, and that consisted of me cutting off junk food, sweets, uh, fried foods, fast foods. And um, I didn't look back. And each month, I kept setting a new goal. Um, so after I did a month of, like, everything I just named, I lowered my consumption of bread from, like, six to seven days to, like, two to three Mm-hmm. Then the next month, I did something I could have never fathomed in a million years that I would have done. And I became a raw foodist. A raw foodist is basically someone who eats food that's not cooked. So, you know, fruits, vegetables, all food that requires no cooking. And I did that for, what, 90 to 100 days? I did it from Sheesh. like a, yeah, I did it from April until, what I want to say, April, May, June. Like, I did it to like April to like late June or early July. And um, while doing that, I also accomplished some goals. Of, like I ran 100 miles in the month of June. Um, I also ran 100 miles in the month of August. But in between, then I ran like 50 and maybe 50 in July, you know, 50 in September. So I, I kept with a consistent work habit. But outside of that all, though, Kamani, you know, the whole losing weight process, you know, outside of cutting out different foods, what I learned about myself, I learned about myself in the process. Mm. You know, like I said, I've always been a confident guy, but – Cutting off like distractions and social norms of what you've grown accustomed to, 
it's way harder than I think most people would ever even imagine. Um, you got to think, like, even the mental strength I built. As you mentioned, Fran, Fran, Fran's my cousin. He came to New York because uh, I was in New York this summer for an internship at Columbia. And uh, Fran came to New York because he had, like, a PR internship or something like that. And um, he had came there for a weekend. And, you know, him and a couple other friends went to the, the Soul Food restaurant. And macaroni and cheese, one of my favorite foods. So Mine imagine, too, bro. I'm with yeah, you. I'm telling you. So imagine a plate full of macaroni and cheese, chicken and waffles, and they didn't have anything that fits in my lifestyle. So I'm sitting there drinking water with a lemon. Like People are like, who is this weirdo? Like, you know what <laughs> I mean? And you from New York. So imagine my internship at Columbia, my second week on the job, and it's like this big staff formal. And, you know, New Yorkers love pizza. So they order like 20 boxes or 15 boxes of New York-style pizza. And I'm the only person in the room like, nah, I'm not eating this. And they're like, what's wrong with that guy? Like, you know, he's not even a small. Like, what's wrong with this guy? Mm-hmm. You know, so like, you know, that's only like two instances. But I've been in plenty of instances like that through my whole food process where people wonder, like, what's wrong with him? Like, why isn't he eating? And, you know, just the mental stuff I had to build upon that, like, you know, in situations where people are weird, you're different. Um, I've never been in too many spaces like that where I would look like as that guy. Right. And after a while, bro, I really started embracing it. I think I started loving being that guy who, who didn't eat certain things in the room and people like, you know, in a way looked up to that. So um, the mental strength and the mental clarity was pretty big. And lastly, the biggest thing I have to mention is the spiritual clarity, man. I, I definitely like got closer with my spiritual side. My mind was clear. I started uh, reading the word in um, every way I could in mm-hmm. um, different forms of religion. So you know, the walk by faith, because when you are losing weight, sometimes you're not going to see it. Like my friends noticed it before I even ever noticed it, you know, before. Like, I mean, besides like, you know, my, my my shirt buttoning up for my dress shirts. Like I didn't really notice my physical being until like, you know, I started posting pictures and people started noticing it more. But I haven't noticed it. But, you know, I noticed it as my like my mental clarity that definitely increased in my, you know, in my whole process. And that's what I appreciate the most. That's dope, bro. Um. You know, it's a lot of people out there, they want to lose weight and they don't know how to start and whatever. But, you know, I, I've been learning even in my time and just working out in the gym. You just got to start, man. You just got to start. It's 399. It's low. <laughs> you just got to <laughs> you just gotta start and get get it rocking. You know what I'm saying? And hey, You got to um, start, bro. You just got to jump. And I tell everybody that that's my biggest recommendation. When you want to do it, you just got to go. And I, I know sometimes it sounds unorthodox, but. The longer to me that you wait, you question yourself and that self-doubt sinks in, you know? Right. And you didn't have can a trainer hear, or, or anything, right? Can yeah. Yeah, I can oh, hear you. I thought, it, I, think they say, I, thought, I thought it said mute. So I didn't know you heard me. Oh, no, you're but, good. Um, you're good. But, oh, um, no, but what, what was your question? No, I said you didn't have a trainer or anything, right? Oh, no, I didn't have no trainer. You know, I wasn't on no supplements. I didn't have no pills. Mm. I didn't have anything like that. I didn't, uh, I didn't use no pills, no supplements. I didn't have a trainer. The only thing I had was my... Like, the friend I mentioned that sent me the workout plan, and that's it. And I had friends challenging me, like, my guy, Ed, your guy, Ed, you know, mm-hmm. he's the one that brought up the uh, shout-out, I uh, guess, George Rice, because he the one challenging Ed. Rice always get on me because I give Ed the credit for the 100-mile challenge. But, uh, you know, Ed the one challenged me to the 100-mile challenge, so really Ed, got me on Ed running. Ed didn't even finish. <laughs> oh, Ed ain't finished. Oh, you going to put him out in front of everybody. I ain't never seen nobody Ed ain't finished. It's the first time. It's the first time people gonna realize Ed ain't finished, but Ed did not finish. Nah, I don't know. He could have finished. I don't know. I don't know. We got the question. We got to size him up about that. One. <laughs> Ed got answered that one, but yeah. So they, you know, they did it, and then along, uh, along with that, 
man, I had a, a circle that, you know, that kept me going. Like, uh, I had some big homies who even started clearing up their life. Like, you know, my big homie slash mentor, uh, Tony. Tony Lewis started uh, eating better. You know, Tony lost, like, 30 pounds within, like, three or four months. Like, you know, I got a cousin named Antoine. He started losing weight. Like, people around me, mm-hmm. seeing people around me, you know, want to clean up them, like, themselves because of how they seen me was, you know, way more solid than me even losing weight to me. Like, I got another big homie, Silas. Like, Silas started eating better when, like, me and Silas went to eat together. He ate cleaner because he was with me. Like, so just seeing that mm-hmm. people, like, were, were, were taken into what I was doing and started respecting my life's mission was, like... And, and that's me. real, bro. I was looking at it um, earlier, and I was telling somebody, I said, we're the generation that start off, like, really health is wealth, and that's the real thing because every... Just think about Instagram, right? You look on social media right now, you see everybody setting a... Um, you have people um, starting workout pages. They're doing all these things. So now it's a trickle-down effect. You get what I'm saying? You, um, a lot of... You see more Whole Foods now. Like, it's starting to be, in our generation, a lot of, like, emphasis on how health is so vital and important to just us as human beings. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I was listening to an a interview... Lewis Holes, I listen his, to his podcast all the time. He was like, nobody truly emphasizes on health and working out as much as they should. Like, they'll talk about financial literacy. They'll talk about um, these different things you need to do and, you know, be an entrepreneur, entrepreneur, build a business. But they're not telling you, you know, your health and your wellness is so important and vital to your life. You get what I'm saying? Like, I have uncles and, and people in my, in my family that got sicknesses and these different things early on. Um, but we need to start taking our health ser- serious right now. For real so that- people dying, bro. People people dying at like thirty. You know what for I mean? Real. Heart attacks. You know now. what I'm saying? St- heart attacks, stomach cancer, these different things. Um, I-, I was telling my homeboys the other day. I'm like, yo, it's time to detox, cleanse, because colon cancer runs so much, and uh, you know, especially with males. So we need to start looking into these things. And um, I was listening to Eric Thomas while ago um ed sent it to me he was like you gotta understand uh, most sicknesses start within the abdomen and the stomach um and we need to you know start cutting out those fatty foods and different things like that because in due time all of that you know starts adding up and deteriorating your body so Uh that's real bro thank you for that um so we talked about your lifestyle change we talked about your weight loss journey um, and I kind of wanted to hit on something on the end. Uh, you're now getting your master's degree. I love talking about education. So my, my guy, he didn't mention he's, he's getting his master's right now. He's at what well, FIU, correct? Yeah. FIU. Yeah. I think I mentioned right. earlier. I'm at FIU get my master's higher education. administration. Right. When do you graduate? I graduate this May actually. Right. Early congrats, man. Early congrats. So, Appreciate um, that, man. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get like you. Yeah, man. You, you're going to be better, bro. Trust and believe. So. We talk about uh, education, how that's highly important. You went to Winston-Salem State for undergrad, now at FIU. Um, can you identify certain, like, pros and cons of a PWI and, and pros and cons of an HBCU? Like, how could we compare the two? Or what do you see the benefits of attending both? I'll put it that way. Okay. So, first thing, you know, FIU isn't a PWI. Is that FIU, it's a, it's a it's a HSI, Hispanic Serving Institution. That's dope. All right. Yeah, yeah, we're predominantly uh, Hispanic, so um, mm-hmm. you know, Hispanic Serving Institution. But it is also the, a big university. I want to say it's the third or fourth 
large university, public university in the nation is 56,000 students. Mm-hmm. Um, so compare this 56,000 students to the, what, five to 6,000 students we had at Winston-Salem State. Right. I think the biggest thing is that they have more than us is resources. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, excuse me. Yeah, it's resources. Um, and within them resources, you know, they can utilize them. They, I mean, they have more of like a toolkit to use than we had, I guess, in undergrad. But mm-hmm. I would also say going to Winston-Salem State and being a student leader there, it also like cultivated a, a level of creativeness that we had to unlock because of our lack of resources. Mm-hmm. Um, I think oftentimes, sometimes HBCU students or, you know, small liberal college students use like the lack of resources as a as a crutch but mm-hmm. they don't realize the beauty in it the beauty that it creates of us um within us um i love seeing hbcu students upon graduating working at these you know big fortune 500 companies or working in these multimedia companies and actually flourishing in them because we had no other choice at our institutions you know we we, we had lack of funding we had lack of resources so we had to one plan programs ourselves, you know, build what build new and creative ways to host these programs. You know, we had to do it with essentially no money, no funding at all. Um, I know the other day I seen a, a young lady just graduated from a, she graduated from Delaware State. She was on what, Complex or one of them interviewing somebody, I think. Oh, yeah, Complex. you're talking about Jim Miller, right? Yeah, like, you know, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Solid to me. Um, so I'm an alpha and I got a profile. His name's uh, Cornell Jones. Mm-hmm. He's on a, he's he's a, a, a on TV personality for ESPN, you know. So like you know, so seeing like these HBCU graduates like do some amazing things upon graduating is real to me, because like I know the potential that you know HBCUs possess. Because I mean, if you look historically too, for one, we weren't allowed; our people weren't even allowed to get into PWIs. Like you know, mm-hmm. if you weren't if you couldn't dribble a ball. If you couldn't, you know, catch a ball, you wasn't really going to these big institutions. And then, like, you know, as, you know, as desegregation kicked in, HBCUs were also looked at as like a second chance university. So if you didn't have the grades to go to these big schools, you can go to these HBCUs and get a chance, I guess, to start over in life, you know, to recreate your own level of education. And for that, I'll always appreciate them. And then as opposed to, so I've never went to a PWI, so I can't really give you that perspective. I've only visited them. Mm-hmm. But the only thing is I can tell you, like, I guess from a larger institution standpoint, maybe because I'm at FIU and it's an HSI and the culture is a little different, but the, the, the campus involvement of the HBCU as opposed to HSI is substantially more, uh, more vivid in a way. Like you, you see your students, your student leaders and your students more visible in the HBCU mm-hmm. campus far more than the one I'm on now. No matter right. how many students they had. Same at you know, uh, so. Ohio State and when I was at University of Memphis um, for grad school and then now working at uh, Predominantly White Institute. I can definitely see what you're talking about. And and then the, the thing people would never realize, and this is something we always joked about, and even the friends I got to play sports, think about your senior year, like, in SGA and, you know, um, HBCUs are, like, the only place in the world where and a leader, a student leader at that has more fame or more popularity or held in higher regards than the star football player or the star basketball player. That's real. Think about it like <laughs> you were essentially a rock star on your campus. 
mm-hmm. like students, you were the role model. Um, and I think that just sets us up for a valuable place in life. Um, whether it's in like the computer science field, whether it's in accounting, whatever it's in. Like I've seen so many of my friends flourishing well because these companies are starting to realize how much talents are at these small institutions mm-hmm. and, and um, you know, and start, you know, they see the lack of resources. And I know Lincoln Financial worked out a deal with Salem State where they, you know, they, they give a certain amount of students an internship every semester and they also donate money back to the institution. At the mm-hmm. end of the day, bro, that's the only thing that's holding um, some of the HBCUs back, bro. Right. And that's funding. You know that and I know that. Mm-hmm. And um, I think we just have to start giving back to our institutions and we have to realize no matter how much pain and agony our institutions cause us, that we have to give back because essentially, like, that's what created us in a way. Mm-hmm. That's what's helping our professional. That's like, that's what, that's the start of our professional world. And, you know, we have to grow and build upon them, you know, to build upon us. That's exactly right, man. And we got to be the change that we want to see. You get what I'm saying? Um, Shout out Gandhi. <laughs> right. So, and, and that's big, man. I, although you, Dell State, um, Dell State definitely made me who I was because who knew um, if I would be doing billionaire lessons right now, who knew if I would have been um, at Ohio state working right now, you know what I'm saying? All my dreams came true because of Delaware state. And I think people need to start embracing that. Like embrace that you went to this HBCU and take pride in every step along the way. You know what I'm saying? I understand that. Yeah. You had to stand in the financial aid line for hours, but that taught, <laughs> I'm that telling taught, you, that taught you dedication <laughs> though. You get what I'm saying? That, that yeah. taught you like, I got to get the job done. That you means, stay in school. Right. Any means possible. So, and if we wasn't spoiled at all, we weren't privileged. Uh, we had to understand everything that we do want. We got to put in hard work for it at the end of the day. So Kenny, Man, we're going to have to get on another episode because I think we got more and more gems that we need to let our people hear. You get what I'm saying? For sure. Um, I think I think Billionaire Super Bowl might have to, uh, Super Bowl goes might actually have to collab for a whole podcast series or something one day. Man. Yeah, yeah, we're going to have to. We're going to have to get that rocking. Definitely, for sure, man. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you dropping knowledge on all our people. I um let them know where they can find you, where they can find your podcast, where they can find your Instagram, Twitter, everything. Let them know how to find you. Um, on Instagram, my name is at the Kenny B. C H E K E N N Y B. Um, on Twitter, I believe my name is. I don't use it that much, but it's Kenny B Higher Ed. Okay, I'm trying to get more active with Twitter, so y'all can help me in a way by following me. It's Kenny B Higher Ed, and um, I think that's that's pretty much the only two things I'm on besides Facebook. If y'all want to add me on Facebook, it's Kenny Brown, but uh. It's the only two things that I'm on, really. Yeah, and subscribe, you know, review, check out his podcast. Yeah, subscribe to the podcast. Super Bowl goes the podcast on every platform, Apple, Google Play, Anchor, um, whatever podcast system you're on, I'm pretty sure we're on it. So, you know, Super Bowl goes the podcast. Make sure y'all look up Billionaire Lessons. Kamani, bro, I appreciate you. And I, once again, I salute everything you're doing. Yes, sir. This is episode four, Super Bowl Goals and Billionaire Lessons, and we are out. Yeah, man.